Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. There's a lot of news coming in fast and furious about the FBI search warrant operation at former President Donald Trump's Mar a Lago estate. And even quicker takes are happening from both those on the left and those on the right. And while the pundits and the pontificators are racing towards the cameras, a famous journalist who broke one of the biggest stories in the country ever uh, has some lessons for us on why, in times like these, we should all use a little restraint instead of just rushing to the headlines. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, we are watching the breaking news right now as things uh, continue to progress. Uh, The warrant uh, for the search that took place at the Mar-a-Lago estate of the former president uh, has become public. And everyone is breaking it down, what it is, what it isn't, what does it mean. And before we dive into all of that, because this is still breaking and there's still a lot of uh, conflicting information in terms of what actually was taken. We know that there is a property receipt uh, that is also being made public. Uh, that goes through some of the things that were on there. Uh, They sort of range from four sets of top-secret documents, three sets of secret documents, three sets of confidential documents, some binders of photos, some uh, a handwritten note uh, on the clemency uh, of Roger Stone, some information or a file or a collection of files on the president of France, Uh, And so those are all uh, the things that we're hearing thus far from uh, the reports coming out uh, on this warrant and the important property receipt. But before we dig in and really explore everything that that those are and what they mean and what they were looking for and what does that mean, I actually just want to back up just a half a step. And the reason I, I always talk about this idea of we we have to be careful of this instant certainty in this kind of process because the process matters and restraint always works. And so I have often talked about this rush to judgment, this instant certainty because of the world that we live in. Instant access to information means we have to have a hot take and instant certainty And I'm going to remind you that instant certainty is the enemy of truth, and it undermines trust. And so as all of this has been playing out over the last uh, 72 hours, really, uh, I keep going back to some conversations I had with Bob Woodward. And of course, 
everyone remembers Bob Woodward, a legendary reporter, Washington Post. He and Carl Bernstein uh, were those that broke the Watergate story. And as we're processing everything that's coming out of Mar-a-Lago, again, fast and very quickly right now, we're seeing this unfold. I want to go back to something uh, that uh, Bob said to me. We had a couple of sit-down interviews a a few years ago, uh, and I think it's important for all of us to take this in, especially those that are reporting on it or have opinions on it, uh, to just keep a couple of things in mind, some wise words from Bob Woodward. My job as a journalist is try to find out uh, what happened and present it in uh, articles or in books in the most authoritative way. And I have a unending, undying optimism and belief in the political system we have in this country. And it's the job of the politicians, particularly, to sort through what the facts are and decide what to do. And I think it's in the end in the hands of citizens to make their own judgment, and they should. But I can't step back. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's in other people's court. And I think too many people in my business are even opinion writers are, you know, saying this and that and it means the following. And that's that's fine. But for me, it's uh, stand on the sidelines and try to find out as much of the truth and what the facts are as possible. Get to the truth and what the facts are. That's what matters. That's how you make sure you maintain trust. Trust in the process, trust in the institutions, and we've seen it already. I have seen on in my email box, uh, just within the last hour, as all of this has been coming to a head, uh, I have seen fundraising letters uh, coming from the right uh, calling to defund the FBI. And you can defund the FBI, of course, by contributing uh, to a political campaign for $10, 50 100 bucks. Uh, and I've seen it from the other side to say that the, the former president should be immediately locked up and, and the key thrown away, uh, donate 50 bucks. And again, we have to be careful of all of that as we go through. So again, I'm going to go back to my conversation with Bob Woodward and someone who worked through the process of the Watergate investigation and the details in which Bob Woodward has shared with me over the years uh, in terms of just how much they had to slow down. And even in that era that didn't have the Internet, that didn't have this instant access to everything, even then he was trying to get past this whole idea of instant certainty. That's a great term, instant certainty. And what happens, in or particularly on cable television, both sides, left, right people are so, this is the way it is, there's no alternative, there's not another side. And then finally, uh, Bob shared with me something that has just stuck with me uh, since we sat down in Washington, D.C. and had a conversation about integrity and trust. Uh, Bob shared his experience that where he and his colleague, you know, they wanted to run. They were they were young reporters. They thought they had this big story. They wanted to race and tell it and publish it in the paper. Uh, But they had an editor, Ben Bradley. Uh, who continued to teach them a lesson that we all need to learn today, and that is about restraint. You need uh, strong editors. Uh, There are scenes in our book, All the President's Men, and the movie version where we would write a story, and, and it was Bradley who would say, slap the 
copy and say, no, you don't have it yet. And go talk to more people, get more sources, get more specifics, the building blocks of good journalism. And so there was no political posturing on his part. And I think that's essential to any good journalism. So some important principles in there. One, everyone needs an editor. (laughs) Some of us need an editor to follow us around for what we say out loud. But the fact that uh, Ben Bradley, again, also legendary at the Washington Post, uh, I just love that visual. I can just see him slapping the copy saying, no, you you don't have it yet. More sources, more follow-up, more details. Figure it out. And yet you wonder what's going on today and how many are showing that kind of restraint. Uh, and this has been something from my conversations with Bob Woodward uh, that just keeps coming back. Restraint always works. Restraint always works. And so as we work through uh, what is uh, coming out today, again, the uh, the warrant and the property receipt, those are the things that we know are coming out Um, we're going to break those down as best we can. We're going to try to figure out exactly what all of that means, and we're going to do it in a precision kind of way. We're not going to speculate. We're not going to have instant certainty about what it is or is not, what it means or does not mean, uh, who it benefits, and and all of that. We're just going to walk it through and show a little restraint, and that's what we all should do. So as you hear things, especially in the coming hours, that uh, you know, swing far to the left or far to the right or ask you to, to donate, just make sure you just step back a little bit. Instant certainty is the enemy of truth, and it undermines trust. And so let's show some restraint. Let's evaluate the process. What we know thus far is that there were about 20 boxes, seems to be the number that uh, everyone can agree on there. There were four, approximately four sets of uh, documents classified as top secret. Some were just secret, some were confidential. There were some binders of photos, handwritten note uh, about Roger uh, Stone and uh, clemency, and then a file on the president of France. Now, what all that means and what it means in the broader context, what we don't have What we don't have is the affidavit, which is the underlying document, which would really show the cause and why it was that the FBI and the Department of Justice felt like they needed to go in and get those, uh, seize those documents from the Mar-a-Lago estate. But we're going to continue to follow all of this. We'll continue to get some insight on what it is and what it is not. And we will show restraint because instant certainty is the enemy of truth. And we're going to get to truth because we got to rebuild trust. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.